Welcome to Schmall Talk. Glad you have joined us on this Tuesday evening. And um, hey, if uh, after this show, I, I'm going to do much, but I've committed to doing a much better job of getting these shows loaded to the podcast platforms quickly. So tonight, before I lay my head down, this episode right here will be uploaded to Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify. You can check it out there tomorrow and i see chuck is checking in from columbus good to see chuck with us glenn will be here any minute i'm sure greg is with us appreciate you guys paying attention so reggie i was thinking about this over the weekend you and i for a long time have been talking about doing a podcast and i think my initial thought was that we can show the world that a black guy and a white guy can disagree and argue and be fine with everything yep yeah and what timing we thought that we would start this because of COVID-19 and now here we are having these conversations in the midst of Ahmaud Arbery, George Floyd. Um, what's his name? Brooks. I, what, what's his first name? Um, Rashad. Rashad Brooks. Yes. Brianna so Brianna Taylor. So here we are, here we are. So what timing for us to be having these conversation there's glenn glenn's with us tonight too so i don't know man i think these are some really important conversations and i don't i don't see a whole lot of them going on in the media i have seen people in the media just ripping themselves each other to shreds and i hate those i hate that format of the cable news shows where we've got three minutes tops to talk about huge issues Mm -hmm. and so then they just talk all over each other and they scream at each other. I saw Dr. Uh, Dr. West. Cornell. On, yep. Cornell was on Sean Hannity's show. It was a clip. I didn't see it live. I just saw a clip on the internet of him arguing with Leo Terrell, a uh, black civil rights attorney. Man, those guys were just ripping each other to shreds. It was unbelievable. Just not pr productive. Cornell West looked per possessed. Did you see this? No. Did you see this? Oh, I got to send it to you. That cat looked possessed by the devil. I mean, he his hair was all over the place. I mean, he was all up in the camera screaming. It was unbelievable. And uh, Glenn says, Reggie, you look different. What's up? Uh, Reggie is joining us tonight from his new recliner. There he is. Relaxing. In all of his glory and his uh, new recliner. And his fat madness. <laughs> all right, uh, Reggie. Well, um, why don't you give us your take on, and I'll be happy to give mine, on Rashad Brooks. I, I'm, I hope I'm getting his first name right. We're probably getting it wrong. Um, uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to look this up. I, I don't want to do that. With a name like Schmalstig, I do not like getting people's names wrong. Trust me. I've lived that getting people's names wrong. Thank you, Glenn. Thank you. Um, the thing for me, um, well, there's just so many different layers. I mean, so many things going on, but like the Rashad Brooks thing, my initial response to it, because I didn't see the video, because like I, like I told you, it's traumatizing to watch some videos, man, because I always put myself in that. I mean, I think that could be me. 
it almost was me, right? So I, it's hard to watch. So when I just first heard about it, um, a man grabbing the police officer's taser and trying to shoot the taser at him, I'm thinking, dang, man, like what, what, what led to that? I mean, like seriously. And then the more information that unfolded, and you, uh, you'll be proud of me because I didn't form an opinion initially. I just kind of waited for more information to come out, right? With George Floyd. You don't need to wait for more information. I mean, that's pretty visceral. I mean, it's like right there in front of you. But with this, I thought, okay, and not that I was going to ever like side with the cops, but I just wanted to see how how do we end up from a man sleeping in a drive-through to getting shot in the back while running away with the police officer? But anyway, I saw the videos and I watched it and I thought, what I think right now is those cops are idiots. I mean, like flat out idiots. Um, they were called to the scene, so not like they searched him out or they didn't do driving while black. So they came on a task that was requested by a, a citizen, right, a, a business. And when they got there, the first 20 plus minutes of it was just like normal, healthy interactions with one another, right? And then out of nowhere, one of them decides to take it to the next level, right? I mean, dude resisted. Who? I mean, what contributed to him resisting? I can't, I'm not in that man's mind. And yet, with the current climate, I don't know if I wouldn't resist if I felt like I was being wrongfully charged with something or put in a different direction. And even with all that, they wrestled him to the ground. He got free from him, grabbed the taser. He was running away, turned around, looked like he pointed it back at him. And so, and then they shot him in the back. And I just, to me, it's, it's, is a DWI worth that man's life? Man, that, that's the, the part that really gets me. Like, is that crime, like, the, the, the punishment fit the crime? And then we know the answer to that. God, no, right? I mean, there's a million other things that could be done. They, they could have uh, let him do what he said he was going to do, which is let him walk home, right? I mean, there, there's a thousand things. And, and, and whether it's against the law, whether, it, you know, what, what the context of law, think about the context of our current world situation. So you still so brazen, you still so bouted about it and so full of yourself that you can't see in the bigger picture what's taking place in our world and you feel the need to escalate a situation. I'm not saying let people get away with murder, but he didn't do murder. I mean, like literally, he, he was running away. Should he have turned around to tell you, no, that's stupid. And, and yet, at the end of the day, there's no semi-automatic taser. Like when you when you discharge it, you got to load another cartridge, right? And, and he was drunk, he was stumbling. Like they, they didn't have to take his life, and, and for them to do it, just it, it, well, that's their choice. But to do it within what's going on in the world right now, either you blind, stupid, or just hateful. And I ain't say racist; I said hateful. And I think it's a combination of all three. You, you, you're blind to the facts because you, you want to spin every situation to come out in your favor. Um, you, you, you're stupid because you got to be stupid to do that in the current context of the world. But they're talking about defunding and uh, disbanding police agencies. And then you just got to be hateful. Let me ask you this. Is it uh, and I want to go back and give my viewpoint on it. Is it equally as stupid for a man to wrestle with the cops, steal his taser, and discharge it at the cops. And the reason why I'm asking that, especially as a black man, because you're talking about put everything in context. Mm -hmm. When you are a person that you got the, the talk, 
right? You got the talk where you're, you're black and you were told, Hey, listen, this is what you're going to have to do with the cops. This is how you're going to have to behave with the cops. The cops will shoot you that sort of thing. Um, I'm going to blame it on the, uh, alcohol and maybe some other circumstances. I don't know, but I can tell you when that man got the talk from whoever he got it from, that talk did not include steal a wrestle with the cops and take their taser and discharge it. You know what I mean? So like on both sides, it's like there's a climate, there's a context that you have to put things into. If you're if you're a black male, don't give the cops a reason because well a lot of people in the black community don't think the cops even need a reason or are even looking for a reason other than the fact that they're black. And then on the on the, the context on the cop side is I'm with you a hundred percent. Like I got to tell you right now, if I'm a cop and I see a, uh, uh, a, a black citizen sitting in a car sleeping, man, I'm telling you right now, it ain't going to escalate to all that. It's just not. And I say that for a couple of reasons. Number one reason is I teach communication geared towards dealing with people who are resistant. So I'm skillful enough to not even, have it escalate to that point at least doing my part right i mean it's up to him if he's gonna take it to a whole new level but i definitely would do my part there that's for sure and uh man i'll tell you what right now i'd be calling for a black officer to come help me out just like i would be calling for a female officer if i had a female pulled over that's what i would be doing right now in this climate so to add to your response is Philando Castile wasn't doing anything. He didn't give him a reason. Breonna Taylor didn't give him a reason. Right? Right. Like right now, there's a mindset, and I, I have to beat this back for myself because I'm an adult male professional. But there's a, there's a mindset of, I don't know what's going to happen in interaction with a cop. And it is fight or flight. Like yeah, I, that's why I'm saying all the more reason to not grab the cop's taser or wrestle with the cop because you've seen enough instances where the person was being compliant. Philando Castile, that situation, dude, that is gut-wrenching. That's, that's, listen, to me, that's every bit as gut-wrenching as George Floyd, personally. Uh, the video, maybe, but the situation is... Let me finish my thought, though. Oof. It's it's fight or flight. Can we define... We, we teach this, though. I mean, like, you can't control... We don't even ask you to, to come up with new feelings in a situation when you use new thinking, because you can't control how you feel. And oftentimes, if those feelings are so overwhelming, they'll take they'll take control, right? I mean, you you can harness your thoughts and try to figure them out in the moment, but sometimes in fight or flight, every time your emotions tend to take the better of you. Yes, I mean, I won't actually yes or no. You don't like when I do that, but I mean, it's just it, it's pretty much the, the case. And in fight or flight, and and I, right now, I don't leave my house because if I get pulled over by a cop, it would be fight or flight mode for me. I'm telling you right now, not that I would attack a cop or anything like that. I might freeze. I don't know. But like literally, I don't want any interaction with the cops, good or bad, because I'm terrified. Like, I don't know what will happen. And and so I can't say what was going through that man's mind. Alcohol, for sure. We know that much, right? Whatever was going through his mind, alcohol lowered those inhibitions and allowed him to act on it. But I can't tell you what's going through his mind. If I can tell you what go through mine. If I have police in the room, I was sitting out there the other day in the garage. I had the music playing. I got some pretty loud speakers. Saren Vega, R25s and R30s. They're some big jokers, man. They thump. 
Like I can turn it on and you can hear it in the townhouses and like oh, to the other end of the townhouses. It's that loud. And I was just enjoying myself kind of vegging out, just really just, I guess, having a, a, a meditation moment with some with R&B music. And I, I started thinking to myself, oh, crap, my pistol's right here. Because I had just gotten out of my truck and I took it out of the truck. What if the cops showed up because somebody was complaining about my music? And I got so anxious and nervous, I turned the music off, brought my pistol inside and put it away and came upstairs and sat down. And and as much as I love sitting out there in the garage blasting that music, I, I'm not probably not going to do it for a while because I'm terrified of any kind of police contact. So I can't tell you what was going through his mind. I'm not going to defend what he did. I mean, just Stevie Wonder can see that that ain't the appropriate response to the situation. But yet I can't tell you what was going through his heart and mind. And I, but I can tell you for me, any police interaction, I'm terrified from the gate. Tell me I'm wrong. That's your business, not mine. And then if they put their hands on me, I don't know where my brain would go. I have no clue where it would go. I know I'd, I'd probably be crying like I did when that guy pulled me over the one time. So I, I can't say, right? And so I'm not justifying what he did. And yet what he did wasn't didn't warrant death. You know what I'm saying? Like uh, that is a non-lethal weapon that has a limited, um, like, functionality to it like when you shoot that joint either you're going if you don't connect you got to put another charge into it because that's my understanding of how, how those tapes work at least the one i had was that way so and him running away i mean they, they discharge weapons in a public setting with people sitting in their cars in the drive-thru so probably for them a fight or flight who knows but i don't know i mean that that so to say, I won't sit in and say that what he did was crazy. I mean, hell, we, we all know that's crazy. And yeah, I can't say what was going through his mind and let him do that. I mean, nor can I say what was going through the, the cop's mind to let them do that. That's why I say I think it's hatred and not necessarily like some, oh, well, let me go hunt down some black folk tonight. Yeah, I think it's clearly not that just because I think it's more stupidity. I think that's, that's what I, I I'd, I'd never want to chalk up a person's behavior immediately to uh, malevolence, you know, when I could probably just start with stupidity. So they talked to this guy for more than 20 minutes. I believe the officers did. And um, I don't know. I didn't see anything, Reggie, maybe you saw something that I didn't see, but I didn't see any sort of escalation by the, the officers at all. It seemed like everything was, professional on the up and up they, they do the field sobriety test they determine that that he's impaired and now they go to put the handcuffs on and and even that was just a i mean they were, looked like they were being rather gentle and slow and methodical about it and then he starts resisting pulls away that's a strong dude man he was just tossing those cops that's for sure and he got his hand on that taser and there was no getting it off so now now he takes off, he's running, he's got the taser. Here's the point that I rewound and looked at a bunch of times, and that was the time in between him firing the taser and missing and the officer pulling his, his firearm and shooting the man. And I was really, really uncomfortable with the amount of time in between. Like, to me... Listen, I wasn't in that situation. There's 
all kinds of adrenaline on both sides is all that, but man, it just does not look good that he fires that taser. Clearly he misses. And those shots came after the miss of the taser. It wasn't, he's, a, it wasn't a quick draw. Like it was an old West or nothing like that. Nope. It really wasn't to me, to me, it wasn't. And so, and then I think you could actually hear, uh, it sounded like a mother in the line, in the drive-through line, saying, "Hey, there's children here." I, I did hear that. So that that whole sit the whole situation was horrendous. Now I can't tell what's in people's hearts and minds either. And in, in fact, it's one of the things that I get upset about when we immediately say, "Well, that was racist," or "This was racist," or "That was like it's a matter of fact." Like I can say in the George Floyd thing, I believe that there was that race played an issue a, a part in that. I do believe that, but, but I, there's no way to prove that in court. I don't know that because I can't look and decide someone's heart and mind and all the rest of it, but I do believe that. Um, in, uh, in this case, I don't know. I just think it was absolute stupidity. I just, but I just, I, I hesitate to even say that to some degree because of all the adrenaline that's got to be kicking in that moment. Uh, I sure I don't like it anytime someone is uh, is shot in the back. But if I had to make some guess about what's inside Mr. Brooks's mind at that time, he was on parole from 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 jail. I don't know if it was uh, state prison or or county. I'm, I'm not sure what it was because I, of COVID. Like Jesus, I don't, I don't, ain't it amazing how quickly we find the the flaws of the of the victim? I mean, it's, it's a, they don't even do that to women no more during rape cases. And I ain't saying you did that. I'm just saying the fact that you were able to like readily access the, access that means somebody looked it up quick as well. Quick. I can tell you, I can tell you, I wasn't looking for it. I know, <laughs> but 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 it but listen, all this would obviously all this is going to come out when it comes to the um, when it comes to the case, right? When 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 these officers end up in court, uh, so the guy is on. He's been released because of COVID-19. So, I don't know. I've watched enough live PD and cops and Paw Patrol to know that uh, you get you get uh, in that situation and, you know, there's a warrant or whatever. There's some extenuating circumstances and you're going back to jail. That's the time that people generally flee. Uh, I wish he could have just fled, though. And not been shot in the back makes me really uncomfortable anytime anyone's shot in the back. That's for if sure. They had a car. I mean, like I mean, you hear all the rhetoric. It was just, it was ill-timed, if nothing else. I do, th- I do think. Really timed. I tell you that. Day. Oh, it's horrible timing. Yeah. I, as if there's ever good, but it's really bad timing. Um, I do, I do think that. Okay, there's the potential that he could fire the guy. Uh, the, the guys, the cops taser hit him, incapacitate him, and then maybe come take his service weapons, firearm, and then shoot him and kill him. Or whatnot. Listen, I hear that argument. That That's not what was going to happen right there. He fired right he there. fired off the taser. Let's just be honest. He fired the taser. He missed. He'd have kept on running. You know, I think if he probably would have hit the guy and tased him, he probably would have just kept on running still because that's that's what he was trying to do. He was trying to run. He went squaring up. There. What was that? Like an officer there. It's called contact and cover. One person makes contact, the other one covers. But did you notice that the second officer didn't draw his weapon? Yeah, right. I did I didn't see him do that. I I mean 
He may I mean, have. I don't know. That itself tells you that there's a, a difference in perception and different in, in belief in how people should be treated. One officer chasing after him felt the need to shoot him in the back. The other officer was just chasing after him. And I, 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 I need to go back and watch the video, but to my understanding, he didn't even pull it. He never removed, uh, drew his weapon. That's yeah. the heart of the man. That ain't, that, that ain't, that ain't your training. That ain't, that ain't, you know, circumstance situation. That's what you believe. And I think there's a lot of people that grew up watching too many cop shows. You know, you can't be Will Smith from uh, Bad Boys. If Will Smith was a real cop, he'd have been in prison a long time ago with the number of people he killed. You know what I'm saying? Cops ain't supposed to kill, man. Cops are supposed to protect and serve. If, in the effort to achieve that, that a life must be taken, then that should be like the last resort. And it should be like, well, you know what? I ain't got to say it. I mean, like, there should be so much remorse and guilt. And not necessarily guilt, but just like pain in the person's heart. Uh, the person who took, had to take another human being's life, no matter the situation, right? Uh, you, we, we say some people deserve to die. I don't know. I mean, like, then you, 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 you and God got the judgment on that one, Panther. Not me. Well, here's here's I'm keep on reiterating this show after show. What I'm interested in is the facts. Okay, mm -hmm. and so that's what we need to pay attention to, and sort through this type of stuff. If it is. Uh, if it's Saturday afternoon and it's the Ohio State Buckeyes on the field against uh, the the team from up north, I don't even like to mention it's, the M word is a cuss word around this house. And there's a play that's being contested. I'm going to tell you right now, no matter how I look at that play, that's coming out in the favor of the Buckeyes. <laughs> you hear me? And then and then there's a Michigan fan somewhere watching the exact same play. Uh, play and they are dead set. That is going our way. And I think that right now what's happened is so polarized in this country that we watch what happens. We watch the videos and then, well, we're picking a side based on our bias. Oh God, there's Nick Bailey, somebody who is a, um, uh, Michigan fans. Absolutely ridiculous. I thought about that cat too. When, uh, when I even said that, but, uh, but, but we watch these instances and we watch it like we would sports. And that's not how we need to watch this stuff. It's what really ticked me off about the George Floyd case, because we all watch George Floyd and we're all on the same side. We, everybody sees that the same way. And the next thing, you know, uh, we're all divided on that because of the response to it. Well, uh, I beg the difference um, on a couple of accounts. One, my mama used to say all the time, well, if you're doing the dark or showing up, come to the light. I'm sure everybody, a lot of black folks have heard that for sure, right? And what it That's means- That's in the Bible, by the way. Is it really? Yeah. I need to learn my Bible a little bit better. But- um, You do. So to that degree, now the light is the video cameras. Everybody got one. And this, this, this hadn't gotten worse, it's just now getting filmed. That's the thing. I mean, like, I mean, literally that- Will Smith said that, and and he couldn't have spoken anything more truer. Like, so that aspect of it, and the second piece is there ain't no sides in this, man. It's either it's good or bad. I mean, good, it's good or evil. It's life or not. And and I, I'm I stand on the side of life more than I will on the side of not. 
And, and in that instance, there was no justifiable reason to take that human being's life from him. So that, 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 there's no lens to look through that. I mean, force continuum, uh, police are trained to um, go one step above in force continuum. At least the ones up here are, right? So if somebody's um, using, uh, you don't meet them with with same same or similar force. You go one step above to quell or to extinguish the threat, right? Well, one, he was running away. So how much of a threat was it? Yeah, he had a taser in his hand. He shot it. It didn't go off. There was at least a two-second count before that cop pulled his gun and then shot him as he was running away. I saw a, a, a reporter, not a reporter, but one of the uh, contributors on a network say, he, he feels as though it was bravado. They got him on the ground. He, he got free from him. He took their taser. And in that moment, when that taser was shot at him, and this is stuff I can't necessarily dig deep into because I, I don't know what's in his heart, but it was he was embarrassed. He was shamed that he allowed that to happen. And then his natural response was to try to seize control of the situation again. That's the officer. Well, we, yeah. Yeah, we, we don't know. The man have done that? No. I ain't gonna do it. Say that right now. Like my 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 natural inclination, my thoughts, my rational thoughts wouldn't be to wrestle with the police, right? But right now, I don't know how rational I'd be in situation, given that I don't know what the outcome will be, because I don't know if cops are riled up so much because of how much they've been shamed and and just victimized and put upon since the the George Floyd thing. I mean, I'd imagine they're human beings. After a while, they, they, there's a cracking point for them too, right? So I don't know if this interaction we're about to have when you pull me over, when you come uh, come upon me, I don't know if you holding some hate in your heart. I don't know. If, you know what I'm saying? So like, and right. I shouldn't have to question that. I, sh I should not have to question that. I right. should know by the uniform you have on that what your intent is. Because that's, that's kind of how it's supposed to be designed. At least that's my understanding. The thing is, though, nah, I well, listen, man, this problem is this is not going to go away. OK, because there's some baseline somewhere, some baseline. We'll talk about statistics. There's some baseline where we could we could get all the shootings uh, unjustified and whatever. We could get that down to a certain point and then it wouldn't go lower than that. Right. It's like crime. You can get crime down to a certain percentage and it's not going to go lower than that. Maybe around seven, eight percent is, is generally the thought. And it's probably not going to go lower than that. It's like what Jesus said, the poor will always be among you. We can sit here and have a, a war on poverty all day long, but they're still going to be poor among us any way you look at it. And so there's always going to be this element right? There's always going to be a certain percentage of ministers who abuse children. There will always be a certain percentage of cops that uh, take advantage of the authority that they have and, and their, their position and firearms, all the rest. There's going to be some level of that. But if we react to the point where our hair is on fire every single time, then this unrest and mayhem and division will never ever stop. And this is the problem I have when we ignore the facts, when we ignore the, the evidence that's out there. And we take um, last year, according to the Washington Post, 15 uh, black unarmed Americans were shot by the cops. If we take that and we start assigning words like genocide to it, like we're, I brought up the last time, 
So you don't have to agree with me, but we, if, if we're constantly saying the left is constantly getting on Donald Trump for his dog whistles, then you know what? The same principle goes on the other side. Like put down the bullhorn, man, put it down and let's, let's talk about this rationally. Let's talk about what the facts are. Let, because other than that, this is, this is going to persist. This is going absolutely nowhere. So the, and the thing is the mayor comes out quickly and I got to think, I don't know. I can't read her mind either, but I got to think she came out very quickly, denounced this, uh, said that it was unjustified and all the rest of, it. I think that lady's just trying to save her city from, you know, it was only the Wendy's that got burned down and that was some white girl did that. I think. Some really? little, answer, some little. Did you know that? Yeah, I know. Don't get yeah. me started on that. Yeah, don't get me started on that. Oh no, I. You know, I love getting you started on things you say. Don't get me started on. So here's started. here's this little white girl with a, a accelerant in her hand. All the rest of it. I think she burned down the Wendy's. So uh, if the Wendy's is the only thing that got burned down, then uh, praise the Lord. Could could have been worse than that. So obviously, that still shouldn't have happened. But hey, it is what it is. So, but the mayor comes out, she says that this is, and then the coroner says it's a homicide. I could just picture the, the city attorney or the attorney for the police department with, with, uh, with that person's face in their hands, just shaking their head saying, oh my God, we're going to be paying these officers after they get off of this one. Cause I think they'll probably get off. I mean, we watch We watch this time and time again, where there's, their shootings that are much more questionable than this, and the officers get off. The burden of proof is is a high burden, and when you got on video a guy wrestling the cops and shooting a taser at them, I think they're going to get off, and I think the city's going to have to pay those guys. I bet. I bet you cash they won't. All right, we said it right here. Call them. Call them sacrificial lamb. <laughs> June sixteenth, eight thirty one p.m. I called it. We'll see. Uh, we'll see what happens. And so uh, Chuck said that uh, he resisted arrest fire. They didn't know if he had another gun. Okay. I, I can ride with it. Um, I think they searched him like when they had his hand. I think it shows on the video that they actually patted him down. So, But he could have had a gun hidden or something like that. And at the same time, he was running away from the actual other civilians, right? I mean, he was running into uh, another area, but it was like it wasn't people out in the open. I mean, there's a lot of it. They didn't have to shoot. I, as a person who has been around police officers quite a bit when I was working, I, it ain't my it ain't my opinion. It's it's fact. They didn't have to shoot. They chose to, right? Was it within their discretion to shoot? Sure. Yeah, I, I believe it was. I think that's on the force continuum for sure. Lethal force. So they, but they chose to shoot. They didn't have to. It's not about what I, I'm able to do. It's what will I do, right? And that's where we, that's why they need to be reforming policing because we need to hire people with a psyche of preservation, not destruction, right? Of, of, of maintaining the peace, not quelling the the issue. So that, and again, I'm a humble man's opinion. I could be wrong, right? And Nick Nick said, no, they did not. Nick, if you could uh, just expand on your comment there and let us know what you mean. So, um, 
sure. Yeah, they, they, I think they had some discretion there. I think they, they probably. I, I mean, listen. Yeah, of, of course. I mean, it. You, you, they're not robots, right? It's not like there's someone at uh, City Hall. You know, it's not like they're drones hitting the button. You know, fire, fire, fire. This is not a video game. They, they, the guy didn't have to shoot him. And um, even, I, I sure, I sure wish he wouldn't. Say again, Reggie. I talked over you. My bad. I say even if they didn't search him, they chose to shoot him. And it ain't so much that it's made to be about race. Um, it's the context of the world we're in right now. Right now, people are, the world is uh, outraged about police brutality toward black folks. So if it happens that um, a person, a white person, a white cop shoots a black person, it's automatically going to be put into that power right now, right? Can we sort it out later? Maybe. I mean, history will probably sort it out. I hope it does, because I mean, at the end of the day, you know, but no revisionist history. Let's be real about this, right? Because at the end of the day, cops are human beings, too. I ain't going to defend them either, because uh, you get to pay the job. You chose that job, partner. You knew the job description when you took it. So don't come here whining and crying. And I realize the cops have high divorce rate, high suicide rate. I mean, like uh, all the different ills that go along with being a cop. And yet you told that in the academy. Right. You told that when you go through post post certification, you you're making a willful choice to be in that situation as a citizen. I'm not making a willful choice for you to come over and shoot. Me, right. Even if I break the law, there's instances where people do stuff way more severe and they don't get shot right now. I don't know if it's still going on right now, but earlier today, there's a standoff between a six foot one, 280 pound white male who shot a little black dude. I think the black guy actually died. I'm not sure. I didn't follow that much. Right over in North Minneapolis, right? Well, in a part of Minneapolis. I can't remember the exact location. So this man shot him with a rifle or shotgun, and the cops did a standoff with him for two and a half hours at last taping, last Facebook Live. They were saying, come on out. We got air conditioning for you. We got cups of water. They made a they made a choice in that they used the discretion to preserve life. Could that have happened in other instances? Would it have been the same response had that been um, Laquan up in that joint with the rifle? I don't know, but what we've seen recently says that it wouldn't have been the same response, right? I mean that 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 lot reasonable deduction. What we have seen has demonstrated that the response would not may not at the high probability that it would not have been similar. And that's where the outrage comes from. And I'm not getting that really happened in Minneapolis today. I, I saw someone had posted a friend of mine posted, but it wasn't in some like emotional state. It was like, uh, here we go again. And then I went and I actually searched out the Facebook page where a gentleman was live. You know what I mean? You know, you do Facebook live. And he was live when I saw it. It was at the two hour and 41 minute mark. They did a standoff with a man for that long a period of time. And he was taken, I think he was taken into custody, but I know, yeah, he was taken into custody without any incident, right? He wasn't resisting the cops. Well, him not responding to the cops request for three hours, tantamount to resisting. I mean, and he's holding a weapon. He's already shot a person. Like he's, you know what I'm saying? Explain that to me, anybody. And again, I ain't blaming nobody. I just want to, let's deal with facts. That is a factual situation. 
If you don't believe me, I'll find whatever links I can and put it in the, in the, the uh, thing underneath it so you can watch it yourself. I sat there and listened to that man of the dude's videotaping. He was ready to jump on the cop that was holding the perimeter. The cops started arresting people for violating the perimeter. So they're wrestling observers to the ground, but they won't go in there and get that white man out, who has literally shot a human being. I don't know, Dylan Roof. That cat walked into jail, walked into custody. He had just murdered a lot of people. They didn't know if he had guns. That kid down in Florida who shot up the school, they had no clue if he had any weapons on him whatsoever. Wasn't he taken into custody without a mark on him? Come on, man. I mean, I ain't going to go down that route too long. But, I mean, the, those are just my examples That's uh, that I, I, I kind of lean on when stuff like this happens. And I'll tell you, no, it was stupid for that man to turn around and aim the damn one to take his table. That was insanely stupid for him to do that given what we think and believe about cops. And yet, that cop chose to shoot him. He did not have to. And if, if we can acknowledge that he chose to shoot him, then we can acknowledge that maybe there was some malice or maybe some um, impure intentions. He wasn't doing it to, to preserve peace. He wasn't doing it to save another person's life. Well, listen, that book that I, that book that I, my bad, my bad. That, that book that I told you to read, I think you read, I don't know if you finished it. Uh, yeah. the moral, the moral landscape by Sam Harris. He says in that book that here's my one big, big overarching takeaway out of that is that cooperation may be just the most critical aspect of human survival, mm -hmm. our ability to cooperate one with the other. And, uh, and there's so there there obviously needed to be some cooperation, a little bit more cooperation, I think, probably on both sides there. Um, yes. And, and co cooperation, by definition, is work a process of working together toward the same end. <laughs> so there's got to be a two way street, right? Right. And, and I, I, we're at a stage now where, well, I shouldn't say what we're at. I ain't gonna speak for the collective. I don't speak for all black folks. I only speak for Reggie Prince. I'm in a stage now where. I'm, I am cooperative. I'm a docile creature, man. I'm soft as, as, as soft as tissue. I always tell people, you don't want to come squeeze the Charmin pot. Now, take that right now. You'll find out. It'll snap back. But uh, I I don't know how I would react in those situations. And because of that, my wife will tell you, I do not leave my house unless absolutely necessary. I still take my weapon with me because I am a legally registered concealed carry permit holder. I have a right as an American citizen, take my weapon. And I can tell you that my wife gets terrified every time I grab that gun to go get in that car. I can't tell you why. I just know she do, right? And then the fact that we that that's our existence, again, don't feel sorry for me. <laughs> I'm gonna make some major bread in the mother June, Pimpin. Don't get mad, don't feel sorry for Reggie. I don't need your pity. Just, if you can acknowledge that that exists and think, well, man, we gotta do something about that. And well, listen, man, that, that's a universal thing. I do the same thing. I, I carry as well because mm -hmm. fact of the matter is cops killed more white people last year than they did black people, okay? And so we can talk about percentages and all the rest of it, and I get it. I'm, I have that argument. But the bottom line is when you stack up the bodies at the end of the year, there are more white folk on the pile than there are black folk because I'll get myself shot too. Mm -hmm. And what's interesting is that research shows time and time again that white cops are more likely to shoot white people we got a lot of white cops around here, trust me, um, here in our community where I think we're at about 2.4% uh, uh, black here. I think uh, 
the statistic I heard yesterday, someone said, I don't know how accurate this is. I think it is. 97% of the people in this county are white, Reggie. 97. Well, yeah, wait till you come visit, man. It, yep. This, well, this is a lily white place right here. <laughs> let me tell you. Uh, and, uh, and black cops are more likely statistically to shoot um, uh, blacks as well. So I, I find that a very, very interesting thing. But listen, man, we don't even trust statistics anymore anyway. First first, first thing you ask is who gave it to you, where'd it come from? Well, no, and, and, and to bring up statistics, not from your lens, but just when I hear people like Candace Owens and, uh, you know, the, that, that, that lane, Turning Point, I think that's the name of it. When they start throwing, Turning Point USA, yeah. all conflated arguments, man. I mean, like, it, 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 you're not really comparing apples to oranges. I mean, apples to apples. I mean, it's like you're comparing apples to turnips almost. You know what I mean? So you can't really put the two together. It's like, I think I said this before. It's like looking at how Jordan's team would have fared in today's generation of basketball and vice versa. How would LeBron have fared back when Jordan was playing? That, that's a ridiculous argument. You can't put the two together. And and to talk about the differences between two, I, we were talking the other day and somebody said, you know, my granddaddy came from dirt poor. My granddaddy, you know, he he, he ate dirt sandwich. I mean, like just went through all the hard ills that they've been through. And, and how he made it to where he was. It wasn't like he achieved a lot, but, you know, nobody gave him a thing along the way. So how how can you say he has privilege? And, and I, I, in the moment, I didn't want to respond because I could see the emotion from the person. I genuinely care about that person. So I didn't want to, you know, tear down that argument. And yet I won't say that there's nothing. I, I won't dispute anything about the suffering that that man's granddaddy went through. All I'll ask is, what would it be like for him to go through that and be mistreated because of the color of his skin? Because that, that, that therein lies the difference. I, I hate white privilege. I hate even the word of white privilege. It just turns my stomach because all it does is it creates this kind of like visceral response in people who know they had to get it out the mud like a lot of other people. Right. And if they all got it out the mud, cool. But imagine we, we in there digging in that ditch. And there's some people that's going to look and see you scratching out of that hole, George, and they're going to be like, good for him. Look at him. He's lifting himself up. And it may be some to say, you know what? He don't deserve it. But there's going to be a lot of people that look at me. And there's a greater potential that because of my my darker tan that um they're going to add a little more mud in my hole or take my shovel from me. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? That And that that that's the thing to consider. Well, what's interesting to me, we talked about this earlier today. When you and I, when you and I talk, I'm saying, Hey man, there's a lot of things I can't say. I cannot say this. I can't say that. I can't say that. And you're like, yes, you can. Yeah. yeah, Well, but there's a line there. There's a line there that you and I both know because you've acknowledged on here. There's plenty of times where you've been like, Hey, there's more things I can say than you can, George. You've you've acknowledged it. So we're not going that far, okay? We're not going that far with this. But uh, I will say, man, I can't say that. You'll be like, yeah, you can. I'm like, no, no, I cannot. And then you're, you'll say the same, man, I can't say this or I can't say that. I'm like, Reggie, are you kidding me, man? You're black. You can say anything you want to. Yeah. And you're like, no. And it's it's interesting how we both have this perspective that the other one can say certain things, but mm-hmm. both of us are like, no, absolutely not. And I said to you just in passing, maybe earlier today, I feel like if our country were a company, the the CEO is not running the company anymore. 
the the board of directors, you know, the profit, you know, the profit incentive, all that's out. You know who's running the company now? The HR, the HR department is running the whole company now. And I don't know if you've ever been called down to HR. Yeah, you have. I know you have. I think we've talked about it. You've been called to HR before. I've been called to HR before as well. Probably not a shocker to anyone who knows either one of us that you and I would get called to HR. And no one wants to get called down to HR because that's where every little friggin' thing you've said is going to get scrutinized and... Every little action you take is going to be scrutinized and you're at risk of being fired and all the rest of it. And that's who I feel is like running this whole joint right now is the HR department. It's just political correctness nonstop. And so it stifles conversation. People just don't want to don't want to have it. And then the other frustrating thing to me, I want to share this real quick. And then because uh, because um, you and I just finished like being online for three hours, man, we cannot. It, we cannot be on here for an hour and a half tonight. So we're going to have to wrap this up. But I think, but I think that I, I do want to get this analogy out there. I said to you earlier today that in all the conversation about race and whatnot, everyone on here that's listened has heard me say that I feel like all the world's ills are dumped on the white male at this point. And you even talked last time about how we got to quit beating up white men and all the rest of it. And I appreciate all that. And so men are problem solvers. We're doers. Like we want to fix the problem. And so when I just, when the media and whomever else, all these groups out there just continue to harp it, race, 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 race. And a guy like me is saying, all right, well, let's fix the problem. Let's fix it. And we can't ever, we can't ever get to the policy changes or what needs to happen. We just like the show black AF. We just talk about it's because of slavery. It's because of slavery. We keep looking. We keep looking to the past. That's what we, look at the past, 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 past. What I want to look at the future. What do we do? And it's like, it's like being in a, in a marriage where the wife, let's just say this, will, this will show some bias here. Maybe I should reverse the roles here. Oh no! Stick with where you at, man. I'm. A, I'm, a, I'm a, what are you talking about? What, oh, somebody cooking? Keep going. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it it'd be like as if my wife, which well, she would never do this. It'd be like as if she continually got on my case about the past, something in the past. You know, let's say five, ten years ago, continually, continually, continually harping on something that I did wrong and not letting it go. And I'm like, no, listen, I want to fix this. I want to move forward. And at every opportunity, it keeps coming up over and over and over again. I mean, at some point, you know, that husband is going to be sitting on a bar. He's going to leave the house, be sitting on the bar stool, telling his buddies, look, I, all she does, she's an archaeologist. All she does is bring up the past. We can never move forward. She's nagging me. She's complaining. We complaining that we can't, we can't move forward. And that's, and that's what it's like right now is that we continue to harp on the past. And it's like, how do we move forward right now? Because eventually that husband's going to leave or he's going to say, okay, then I'll be that. Right. And that's what I'm afraid is going to happen is that people are either going to shut down totally, or they're just going to say, okay, then I'll be that. 
So, and, and we talked about this, so I'll get the response I gave then. I, I still remember this janky video I watched in Iowa, in, in, in the Iowa Correctional Academy. And it was just so, like, you could tell it was low budget, right? But it had a powerful message. And what they explained was that as a correctional officer, you shouldn't let one of your peers dangle out there in the wind. If you see they're stressed, if you see they're hurt, you need to take them in and be like someone they can lean on. You got to be best friends with them because if you don't, you're making them vulnerable because there are a bunch of people in this building who will gladly let them be that shoulder to lean on, right? I mean, they'll gladly be that shoulder to lean on for them, which could lead to a lot of security breaches. So in the video, they had this image. The seal walked in in a, in a corrections uniform and then all of a sudden, boom, he jumped into a postal office, I mean, a postman's uniform. And he had this letter, and his letter was basically this grievance, this gripe, this pain or suffering that he had. And he went and he tried to deliver it to a coworker, and that coworker just brushed him off, right? Went and tried to deliver it to another coworker, the coworker was like, man, just get over it, man. Let's let's just move forward. Went and tried to give it to another coworker, and they just completely ignored him altogether. But then he's walking down the tier with that same letter in his hand, and there's a bunch of inmate hands out there. And as soon, I mean, like, but he picked the one he wanted to give it to, and then he handed it to him. And from that moment on, there was a bond formed between him and that inmate, which we talk about in corrections could lead to security breaches, right? I use that image, uh, that analogy, to try to give the same impression. We say let's move on from it. No one ever tells Jewish people to move on from the Holocaust, though. I want to say that first and foremost. If you ever told a Jewish person, can't we just move on from the Holocaust? The world would realign itself, right? Because it would be a response that we, no one would want to deal with. But yet, beyond that, African-Americans keep, I, I forget, I won't talk for everybody. I'll speak for myself. I keep going to it because I want you to understand it. I don't need you to feel sorry for me. I just need you to acknowledge that it exists. Because if you acknowledge that it exists, you won't cite stats to me that are directly tied into as a result of that existence, right? That history. You won't um, tell me to pull up my bootstraps. So, you, know, you, you won't give me that you can achieve anything speech because you'll fully recognize that that is our history and our present. Way, way better now. Let's be honest. I and mean, if you try to get my fat butt to go out of the field, you, you talk about somebody resisting. So we, we're in a better place now. But it's there are a lot of things that are even a little more insidious because of the false hope of this better place that we're in, right? So if you never acknowledge fully, if you're just like, yeah, yeah, I get it, I get it, that's not full acknowledgement. I don't need you to turn around and say, man, I feel so bad for you. Maybe just acknowledge that is a horrible thing that you that that you, you came from. Good that you're here. And then when we work together, when we collaborate on things. You take into account those things. You, you you acknowledge that that exists, and you realize that maybe I'm a little hamstring in certain situations. Maybe as the first black anything, I have to do three times as much work to pray that I keep that gig, and that the next black person to get a chance. Right? If you if we could acknowledge that that exists, then you can make a real sound decision on what kind of resolution needs to come about. Because I think there's a lot of people that want a resolution to it. It's for me, at least, there needs to be that awareness that those circumstances exist. Because it's like I'm trying to I'm trying to cook a meal in a house that's on fire, and you just keep telling me you're hungry. Man, I don't, I don't need to hear about this house being on fire, dog. Just get the meal done. I'm telling you, dog, the house on fire. Can we put the fire out first, and then I'll I'll, I'll make it the best meal you ever had. 
I don't know if that's the best analogy, but that's just for me, that's how I see it. Now, again, don't get me wrong, I ain't running around here and I don't need nobody's sympathy. I don't. But I want you to acknowledge that the, this system that we are currently under is not, it's, it's definitely not designed to favor the African American, despite what we believe affirmative action does for them. It's, it's actually designed against them. Remember, I told you earlier, my wife stepped in and helped me to explain that African American will make it is entitled to less social security money because of the calculation of the social security board that typically white people, white people, uh, a black man makes, I think 75 cents on a dollar and as an earning wage compared to uh, white people. And because of that, that's how our social security benefits are calculated. So the government has designed the system to ensure that even in our elderly states, that you still got a bit of an advantage. But no, you don't, no, no, you you don't have any advantage. That's a legal, like, real thing. Anybody can Google I'm going to look that up, man, because I, I haven't looked that up yet. I didn't have time today. You mentioned that earlier today. And uh, I just, I that baffles my mind. I don't, even, I don't even see how that's possible. If, if people can acknowledge that that exists, then maybe we can infer that some of the other stuff we're saying ain't so wild and crazy. You know what I'm saying? Well, if, if that exists, man, then you and I are, are going to Capitol Hill and we're going to solve that. I, I'm talking about Capitol Hill in D.C., by the way, not the yeah. Capitol Hill. Oh, uh, did you see that? Where Fox News took this this blurb on Reddit and reported <laughs> out on it about how there was division among the leaders in the Capitol Hill place. I, I saw something about it. I didn't get and to click on that. A Monty Python movie that somebody just put out there to be stupid. Lord have mercy. So listen, here's what I want to know. Before we log off here, how yeah. will you know when this acknowledgement has taken place? That's an incredible question. I haven't it sure that. is because you know what? It's, like, it, it's just like the situation that I gave the analogy I gave you. If the husband keeps acknowledging, 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 but the wife's just like, nope, I'm not satisfied. I'm not satisfied. Dude, that is abs that's never going to work. It's just like yeah. you got to let me know what it looks like. So what does that look like? It's when I will know it when I achieve something and I don't have people that are supposed to be my friends look me directly in my face and tell me, you know, it's only because you're black. I will know it when I can have a circumstance in a situation where I walk into a room and I don't get dirty looks or like nasty stares or what, what do they call it on black AF? The white folks gaze. When, when I can just enter a place and just be. Now, that's hard for me because I'm 6'11". Okay. Yeah, you just told totally the mind. That's hard for me if I'm real. And so all those things are tangible, though. Like, that, that that's quantifiable in a sense. When I can tell you when I'm getting fewer comments about my success being related to my color of my skin. Because, you know, they got to have some diversity hires now. And I think I told you that. I got promoted to be a supervisor at a place. I'm not a supervisor, but... Um, well, even it happened with a supervisor. I got promoted to be a, a, a PO once, and I had a dude sit in my office, my new office, and tell me, you only got it because you're black. When I got promoted, and, and where Shannon's husband is, and Shannon's a supervisor there, too. I love them both. Um, I'm not kidding you. I, even though uh, other people had gotten before me, they came and told me, several people did, that I only got it because I'm black. Despite, let, let's dismiss the fact that um, I'm a national trainer, that I, I work my tail off to become an evident. So, let, uh, but but I'll go into detail on that. That's when I will know that we're moving forward. When the working class man don't see me as a threat, 
and don't and, and doesn't minimize my accomplishments because of some law and rule that most people don't really even apply. Like, I mean, they when they when they, somebody put their, their, their feet to the fire, yeah, they probably do turn it up, right, to avoid litigation or looking like they're discriminating against, discriminate against people. But on the whole, affirmative action is not as widely applied as people would like to think. And maybe that black dude got that job because he deserved it and he earned it. Right. Well, I tell you what, man, I, if, if he could get that job because he deserved it and earned it and he most likely in 2020, that's exactly what happened. Then I would sure like to just get rid of all these racial preference laws so that we could just, I wish we could get rid of it. So that's not even an issue. I'm, I'm very libertarian and I, I would love to have less and less government in the mix in the middle of all this. I'm tired of the government asking me on every forum, what color I am. I don't think the government should even be asking me if no, I'm married or not. I, I don't think it should be asking and getting involved in any of this stuff. No, no. Let, let's just live our lives. Give me like a flat tax that I need to pay, whatever that might be. Let me just pay it, you know, and uh, stay out of my business and let me live my life. It'd be, uh, the world would be a much better place. And, and, you know, I think I also need to fast and pray for the return of the day of <laughs> sticks and stones may break my bones, but words will never harm me. I, maybe that's just emblematic of me growing up with the last name Schmalstig. I've said on here a few times and being, um, being picked on relentlessly by kids on the playground and on the bus and everything else. But I just don't much care about what somebody else says. I, I just, man, we could just get back to that. We were never there. That, that that phrase was never true, ever. I mean, you look at the harm that we did to women over the years with the things that we said to them, the harm that we did to children over the years with our responses to them. And I ain't saying let's turn around and be all flowery and give them everything under the sun, but words are far more damaging, especially when they come from somebody who you genuinely respect. Do me a favor, though. Post your thing. Put it on the scroll. Or whatever you do, because there it go. There's your answer. Thank you. Ms. What was that? The last comment, you will know it when white guilt is no longer holding back the silence. Then when, when, when you are no longer afraid to speak because you're allowed to freely and be honest and genuine, right? Because then we can have real conversation like we have now. When I told you that social security thing earlier today, please put Shannon thing up there though. I don't have the button to do it. So other people can see it, be clear. Um, when I told you to think about Social Security the other day, I, I told Michelle, I was like, dude, that rocked George. Like, he's mad about that. Because that's something tangible that's like hard and fast evidence, and he'll do something to try to fix it. Like, literally. Right? Well, that's when we know. We'll know when it's okay for you to say, yeah, that existed. It don't take Well, that's a, that's a media problem. That's a media problem and that's a culture problem right now because there's people being fired from their jobs for making comments you know on social media or whatnot uh, you know about B the BLM movement there's there's um I, I mean people are just under attack like you you can't say you can't say uh, something contrary to the the corporate line or your behind's going to get kicked out so well, people, I, I, people can't for you I, listen you and i both said let's not let's not let's not act like all words are the same either by the way when i say sticks or stones may break your bones but words will never harm you let, let's not 
I'm not making a blanket statement for every possible degrading thing that you could say to somebody. But the, the fact of the matter is, if you're looking for a problem from folks, then you'll definitely find one. Oh, that's for that's for sure. And my concern is my concern is when we got we get whipped into a frenzy and it's irrational that that's not it's not true that the, or the person uh, didn't mean what you think they meant or the person's an idiot and you ought to just have some thoughts going on in your mind. Like this person's an idiot. I'm not going to even feed into this nonsense. That person doesn't dictate my future. I, I'll do what I want. Uh, this is a free country, uh, that sort of thing. So I, I don't know. I'm just, I'm, I'm just annoyed by all this, this, what I feel like is just a bunch of snowflake nonsense. Oh my God, someone said something to me and I don't like it. Come that I agree with 100%. I, everything can't trigger you. If it does, then what, man, you just need to go ahead and just chill at the house, dog, for real. And it's, it's one thing to hold up and stand fast for your, your, your worth and your value, but doggone it, everything ain't about you. Me and Michelle were sitting there having a conversation, and we were talking about how my son in high school used to get strung out on, on a specific type of young lady, right? A girl who approached life a certain way, saw things a certain way, and I mean, just had his nose wide open. And, and usually was a certain, I mean, like see, that same type of girl had certain life experiences in common, right? So we're talking about this and we're just talking about, wow, he's able to move away from that. So now he's not getting himself in trouble behind girls and, you know, he's not running, chasing, but blah, blah. And we're just having a meaningful conversation. A person heard that and was like, they interpreted that to mean that we were mocking them because they had similar life experiences. And we were just saying that, that to hurt them. And my response to that was kick rocks because you could have asked, right? If there's a misunderstanding, a conversation more times than not can bring, bring clarity. You just got to take me at face value when I tell you that that ain't what I meant, right? So I'm with you. I, 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 will, I, will, I will join in with you. Sticks and stones may break my bones, but words will never hurt me. Words now, certain words, I'm going to hurt you. What's that? I said with certain words, I might hurt you. Yeah, but like if someone yeah. comes up to me and says a certain thing or two, I might, you know, there, there might we, we might have a problem. We, yeah, we, we might have a problem. Like I, I'm not you're just gonna walk all over me, that's for sure. But come on, man, overwhelming majority of people's nonsense, and most of it's a bunch of keyboard warrior crap. Uh, it's it's just ridiculous. <laughs> people, di the the digital courage is through the roof at this point. It's unbelievable. And oh, you know what? The truth of the matter is, though, Reggie, like if I were to post half the things that I say on 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 small talk here with you, if I were just to post it, you get torn yeah, apart. with no context or anything else around it. Oh, my gosh. You get you know, torn apart. We, we just have the um, we just had the stones to say, OK, we're going to create a show and put it on Facebook and. Here we are, episode twenty-one. We're 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 keeping on going, and and you know we we're actually thinking there might be some people watching this and and stealing some of our lines oh, on, on the evening yeah. news. That and might be the, happening. The, the, the crazy part about all this is, um, we're not saying anything other than what's in our hearts and minds, and it, and what our intent is is never to offend, hurt, or harm anybody. Something I had to learn being a six eleven black man and chubby too um is that um i can't control your perceptions and far too often um my intent and your perceptions are like a billion miles apart from each other 
Now, I take offense to that, and I have over the year because I've always had to humble myself. I've had to make the modification to make other people feel comfortable. And so that's why I don't, I'm not going back to the plantation, as I call it. I, I won't say what I won't do, but I'm going to do my best to keep my business thriving so I can work for myself from now on. So I don't have to answer those questions anymore. But um, people's perceptions, man, it, you're responsible for your perception just like I'm responsible for my intent. You, you, if you genuinely have an open heart, you can try, not necessarily give me the benefit of the doubt, try to build clarity and help expand my understanding instead of trying to destroy me. Now, for those people who are in positions to make decisions for other folks, and they are obviously demonstrating bias toward those people, then they need to get they, they need to lose their damn job, George, I'm sorry. If you're a social worker and you're around here talking about um, the, the rioters and the looters and how black people do this and, you know, and, and you're just going in on the negativity of the Negro, probably shouldn't be a no social worker, especially given the, the same mindset, probably think that none but black folks get welfare. You know what I'm saying? So you're going to make some pretty biased decisions toward that person when it's all said and done. We're, look at look, look, real. Look who just dropped in the studio. Look, hey, man. No, it's too late now. It's too, no, late. Yeah, it's too, it's too late, dude. We, it's, it's too late. But, uh, man, you got to tone that light down, man. man Terry, you, got, you, you got the, the white and the black version. Man, I'm right telling here. you, that light is bright, Hold and on. you look really white, especially next to Reggie. There. <laughs> yeah, tone that thing down, brother. Oh, my goodness. So, so, so I just want to follow up on the last two comments. Uh, Shannon said, let me put them up here on screen. I'm going to put hers up here on, on the screen again. Uh, you will know it when White Guild is no longer holding back with silence. Um, I can confidently tell you uh, I have no White Guild. Uh, that, that, is, that is for sure. And, um, and then the other thing is, uh, it, I, th I think that's, I think that's a, a great thing too, Shannon. I think that we shouldn't, that way we can, speak freely but i'm still not suicidal i mean i'm not gonna all right and then nick bailey said i wish everyone could have conversations about topics like you guys do good talk and i guess the thing i want to say to to nick is i'm i'm grateful that reggie and i can have these talks as well and probably i don't know maybe this is even along shannon's point if we were willing to speak freely we might find that there are people around us that we could have these conversations with. <clears throat> Everyone might have someone in their, in their circle of friends that they could talk to like this, a, a, you know, a person of a different race for sure. So I think those conversations are certainly necessary. And I think if, if I can chime in here, I think it's critical to remember that because you're talking to somebody of a different race, they don't necessarily represent everybody in that race any more than you represent everybody in your race. So, so you're going to find different people of another color, let's say, for example, that are going to have varying opinions. Mm -hmm. and, and so it's dangerous to affix yourself to say, let's say that Reggie's your one black friend and you say, well, I get along great with, cause that's, you know, but if you extrapolate that to everybody, that's, that's, that's not doing it justice in the same way that, um, if he if he assumed that all white people think what you think because they don't and yeah. and 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 that's part of the conversation that we have to have and like you just said george i really like that because i do i engage my friends i have to be careful we all do right 
we have to be careful because you don't know where people stand and you don't want to offend anybody off the front side. Um, until somebody like opens that door, they say just the right thing or they bring up a topic and you feel comfortable at that point of saying, okay, I'm going to go there. Um, but the thing that I always do, and I, I don't know if this is rudimentary, but the agree to disagree, you know, establish that agree to disagree. Um, you guys, you two have that built in. You can tell that from your demeanor, the way you guys, you have a history with each other. You talk to each other um, openly like brothers almost, you know, you can, you can have an open discussion, hate each other at the end of it, but then go sit down to dinner, <laughs> you know, and that, and that's powerful. That's powerful. I just say, um, <laughs> but if it's somebody you don't know, you almost have to set that ground. You almost have to say, we agree to disagree before you get feelings hurt. And then, cause you don't want people to unfriend you in real life. You know, because you brought up a topic that's real sensitive, they have to understand at the end of the day, you're entitled to your opinion. I'm entitled to mine. And that's what makes us great. So. All right. Well, I'm going to say this. Um, I Reggie's not my only black friend. I would tell you, I would tell you how many I have, but if I could count them, that would make me racist. Oh, right. uh, if you know how many Negroes you got on the roster. <laughs> right. Uh, right. <clears throat> so Reggie's not my only black friend. But man, he's my best black friend. I'll, yeah, I'll tell you that, be. huh? I better be. Oh no, yeah, I'm not cheating on you, man. I'm not cheating <laughs> on you. <laughs> All right, all right. Well, hey, listen, I appreciate everyone tuning in. We said we were not going to go over an hour, and we're about seventy minutes right now. So, uh, gosh, man, one of these. I'll days. take responsibility for that. I'm sorry for jumping in late, but I didn't want to miss. I was out, and I just got in, so I'll take responsibility. You can hang it on me, brother. You should take responsibility for blinding us all when you got on here is what you should take responsibility for. You blowed out, man, for real. Yeah, you were for real. All right, everyone, thank you for uh, tuning in. I appreciate the comments tonight, quite a few comments uh, on this video. And uh, I would love it if you all would continue to share this. Uh, we really do think that we're having some valuable conversation. I think it's more valuable than a lot of conversations I'm seeing in the in the news media. A lot of people out there who are getting paid a lot more than Reggie and I are. Because you know what we're getting paid for small talk? That's it. Big goose egg. But we love doing it. We love having the conversation. We love uh, just creating more conversations, hopefully, uh, when we log off of here. So we'll be back Thursday, 8 o'clock. In the meantime, uh, download the podcast from apple or google or spotify um i always post these to youtube as well so you can check it out there so be good to each other have some conversations smash the like button there we go we'll be back yeah listen like like this but share it share is better than like that's for sure all right we'll be back eight o'clock on thursday <laughs>